0: Hello, Sojourners. I'm C. Patrick. I'm the host of the Gothic Podcast, an actual play currently running Monster of the Week in both a Gothic setting and a scary contemporary now. And today,
1: I'm also with... Hey guys, uh, this is Rich from the Adventures Vault. We also have a live play podcast. Uh, we're a little more traditional fantasy setting uh, using Pathfinder 2.0, uh, but we, you know, we do something really similar here.
0: What made you? What made you start a podcast?
1: It's it's actually an interesting story. At least I think it's an interesting story. You know, Patrick and I I know each other. We used to uh, be in the same gaming group before Patrick up and moved to the other side of the country. Uh, But one thing I do know about Patrick is that he's a writer. He loves to write, I've read some of his material, and he's really good at it. Uh, I also wanted to be a writer. The difference was I wasn't that good at it. (laughs) I I developed these wonderful little worlds that I loved and enjoyed, but at the end the story was just kind of boring. And I always suffered with making the story have a level of interesting to anybody other than me. And through the years, what I realized is the thing that's lacking in my writing is I work better in that kind of collaborative storytelling uh, system. I need people to bounce back in the story and during the story. And, you know, a podcast is really just the perfect medium for that. And I realized that some of my gaming writing was just better because of that. And somebody just suggested, they said, well, then that should be your creative outlet. Instead of writing a novel or a short story, you just need to write adventures and run those. And hopefully they'll come out good on a microphone. And I'm still uh, hoping that's the case, <laughs> but uh, we're quite a ways into this, so I'll let the listeners be the judge. You are quite a ways, and I just got
0: caught up to episode, what am I on? 51, I believe. And you guys just started doing this, what, last year?
1: Yeah, we're actually almost to our anniversary episode. We started at the beginning of April, so April 7th. We have an anniversary special coming out that will be a full year. Uh, that is going to actually be episode uh, 55 for us.
0: We just started in January, and I'm editing episode 7 right now. But uh, I uh, have just been really impressed with the um, the number of episodes you managed to, uh, to produce.
1: You know, we made the conscious decision from the beginning that we wanted to do a little bit shorter episodes. You know, most of ours are the hour to hour and a half range you know, that's kind of the style and the flow that we wanted. We found that from a recording standpoint, it really keeps us focused. And anybody who's game for a long time knows that sometimes keeping the players focused is the most difficult part. So that's kind of always been hard baked into, uh, you know, the style that we wanted to to present. Um, And I know that, you know, you're a little newer in the process and I know you guys have a slightly different style, which is great because we need different styles out there. Uh, But I'm, you know, I'm curious because as much as we did know each other before, we never really talked about podcasting until after we both had a podcast. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, where, what brought you along this journey for, you know, to, to get you to having your own podcast?
0: Well, I had started to listen to several podcasts, um, including, of course, the uh, Adventure Zone and uh, the Crit Show and a few others. Eventually, I was thinking, you know, I want to. Get back into gaming. uh, it always seemed like trying to figure out how to corral enough cats and herd them well enough to do a d and d game was going to be maybe beyond my uh skills as a cat herder. But what they what those shows did was go with a different rule system than what I had started using uh, back when I was 11, you know, the original D&D box, and then AD&D, and then second edition, and third edition, and his, his fourth edition, um, and now I'm back to fifth edition, <laughs> but I, I'm i now a lot more comfortable with that, and I think that I could probably put together a decent fifth edition game uh, and and podcast it, but I wanted to... I wanted to explore what Monster of the Week, in this case, uh, a Powered by the Apocalypse hack, could do with its focus on character and character building and the story as opposed to the dice rolls. I mean, we still have dice rolls, and they are really impactful to the storyline because that's the thing with Monster of the Week. Uh, You're right. I... I like to design a world, know where it's going, and have that kind of all plotted out and then have my characters roam around within that. And I'll admit that I have been known in the past to maybe push my players in certain directions sometimes in a D&D game. Uh, But in Monster of the Week, wow, you really can't do that. There's moves and other rule mechanics that really make it so all you can really do as a keeper is, well, come up with some monsters and your setting and a general idea of what people are going to do and how they're going to react to things, and you pretty much go with the uh, the characters after that. And I, I kind of wanted to explore that idea, and I really like this idea of us playing in the gothic uh, tropes, too, at least to start with. and horror. I wanted to kind of range out from what I had been doing with my tabletop stuff. And so I had this idea and I was at a I was officiating a wedding um, and I was a little bit drunk perhaps at this event and started talking <laughs> Isn't to how all the best stories start though. <laughs> and started talking to the groom afterwards. And found out we had some similar interests there, and he came on board. And that's Nathan, who plays, yeah, you know, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, and Jacob Candle. And then I I brought on board a coworker of mine, Sharon, who plays Grace Moreau and Doctor Grace Moreau. And I also brought on a. Um, uh, my roommate's uh, brother, who is an actor, that's Jesse and he plays uh, both uh, Lori, the Divine, and uh, LJ the biker.
1: You know, uh, one of the things I find interesting is that well, although Patrick and I used to kind of be members of the same gaming club, a lot of what we were involved in then was organized play, which isn't necessary, uh, which isn't necessarily very story heavy. Uh, And yet here we are, as we wandered off to do our own podcast years later, uh, we both really uh, were interested in story elements. Uh, You know, So I I find that funny that we we kind of had the same pull, I guess it was, back to a different style of gaming.
0: As a player, I enjoyed those uh, organized play events. Um, As a DM, I always wanted to create my own worlds, and I... I've never been all all that good at being a player. I'll go play a game or two here and there, but I want to be more characters than just the one.
1: You know, that's that's actually the hardest part for me sometimes. Uh, I I struggle with voices. I don't have enough of them. I have the characters in my head, uh, but getting them out in any way that is entertaining sometimes is a struggle for me.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure my listeners would... I'm pretty sure our listeners would prefer that I just sort of kind of went with a generic voice, rather than <laughs> the ones I try. I, there's a character, uh, a an NPC named Nathan Redbone, whose accent changes very regularly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have this weird uh, tendency where all of my accents eventually evolve back into some sort of a uh, really lousy Scottish-Irish combination. <laughs> and I don't realize I'm doing it until it's too far gone. So I, I, uh, it's an area that I want to work on and get better at. Uh, but, you know, the, the NPCs are there. The knowledge is there. Uh, I, I just don't know that I'm as, as good at presenting it as I want to be.
0: Well, you were talking about how you wanted to get into the storytelling aspect. Uh, what, what is the concept for your world that uh, you are running your characters in?
1: Uh, There's really two basic concepts because I did want to have a a kind of a new playground, something that uh, I could work freely with. You know, a lot of the well-established systems are fun, but you don't have a lot of wiggle room. They're so well entrenched at times that there's not a lot of room for creativity. So I really wanted kind of a a blank canvas and open playing field. Uh, But there is a tongue in cheek way that I've gone about this world building. Uh, you know, at some point in my life, I realized that I've never had an original idea that everything <laughs> is stolen in one way or another from somebody else. Uh, you know, so the, the world, and we don't actually say it much on the podcast, but it's called the mirrored lands. And that's kind of a tongue in cheek reference to the fact that in many ways, these are all just things reflected back that I've absorbed over the years. You know, you will see them in some ways, some ways they're a little less noticeable, but there are definitely these themes and ideas and threads that aren't wholly original, but maybe I'm just arranging them differently and creating a new story out of it. So I'm just uh, acknowledging that upfront, but you know, and we also wanted a world where we could let them be heroes in, in kind of a different way. You know, so many stories and, you know, if you look at movies and novels, you know, they are involved in these groundbreaking earth shattering world saving type events. And that can be difficult to do in a standard setting because, well, you're reshaping the setting while you do it. Whereas with something of my own creation, I'm free to reshape the setting via the story as we as we move along and it doesn't disrupt anything.
0: I've always kind of liked the the smaller stories. I've always wanted to ease my characters away from saving the world uh, I mean they might save uh, the neighborhood or even the kingdom um, sometimes there might be a larger threat that uh, that's posed there but I, I really like the I really like the small stories myself and then I say all of that and of course monster of the week can go in places unexpected and so well, they've managed to get themselves into a predicament where there's at least some pretty, pretty big stakes at hand, even though they may not quite know it yet.
1: You know, I, I've, I, I'm actually more along the same lines as you for the most part. Uh, I, I tend to like those smaller scale type engagements, and I, I intentionally did something different this time because I really did want to go into territory that I wasn't normally going into, at least with my own writing and gaming and and running games. So this allowed me to kind of get out of my comfort zone in an odd way by going to what is most everybody else's comfort zone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've done that with uh, Monster of the Week. I had only played Monster of the Week once before, before we started the podcast, and only... Uh... Well, uh, Sharon and Jesse had played about, uh, Sharon had played like one game, and uh, Jesse I had run through a whole two-thirds of a campaign in what I call my Scooby campaign, which uh, was a world where we, it was 10 years after all the apocalypses happened all at once, somewhere in the world, Uh, aliens, sure, (laughs) that's somewhere, zombies, they're somewhere. And the Scooby gang, before that 10-year point, uh, was just like we know them from cartoons. But after that, they got darker and more like the uh, the art that inspired me, which was uh, Jeff Loeb's Scooby-Doo photography, where it's like all shotguns and dirt and um, scruffed-up mystery machine and, and that. And it was a hilarious game. And I was just hoping I could catch something like that lightning again, uh, with the Gothic podcast, but unfortunately couldn't do the Scooby thing because, well, you know, copyright and trademarks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Those pesky things are always getting in the way for podcasters, aren't they?
0: Yes, they are. So we talked about my cast a little bit, but let's talk about yours. Yeah. I used to play with a lot of you guys back when I was living in Springfield, Missouri, uh, before moving out here to portland oregon and you have one of my best players i would say on your team
1: um, sean uh, you know sean is he's great he's hes always been one of my favorite people uh both at a gaming table and, and outside uh you know in, in real life too uh, a gaming table he is just he's fantastic he really is uh, you know, Father Becker, uh, that's who he plays in the Adventures Vault, and he just does it so well, and it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to appreciate how advanced that concept really was, uh, and some of it's difficult to know unless you saw the background, because it just happens so easily and naturally, and he does so much of that, so many of those speeches that you've heard from him or things that you, that's just Sean uh, just playing off the cuff and going with it. He's just He's just a delight to have around for those kind of things. Uh, we also have uh, Ethan. He plays Haytham, which has led to uh, some interesting conversations because they sound enough alike that we call him the wrong name at the wrong time. But uh, he, he's a newer addition to the group. He, uh, he actually works with Brad, and they have been gaming together for a while. Actually, Ethan is running a, uh, a Strahd campaign, a 5th edition Strahd campaign right now that's been going on uh, for some time. Uh, but he wanted to join in, and he was just a natural fit. He, you know, very quickly we had a test episode that went terribly wrong, and by the second test episode, uh, he was he was just he fit right in. It was like he should have always been there. And not that he was the problem with the first test episode, but we
0: won't tell him. There
1: was a, that there was that moment of of just getting to know each other. Uh, we also have Brad, who I mentioned, he plays uh, well, it used to be Alder, now turns out to be Roddy. Ooh, spoilers. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, if if you're not caught up, uh, there you go. There's a piece of information. He's not who he seems to be. Uh, But Brad is another one where he's just fantastic at at gaming. He's just so much fun uh, to be around. He just has that natural wit and humor that just comes out so easily and effortlessly at time. He's also the person that puts in the most work behind the scenes, not only for his character, but others he's really helped everybody else uh, kind of develop theirs and come up with some ideas. Uh, and they, they do this without involving me, uh, which is good thing because not only does it mean that they're interested in what's going on, uh, but it also means that they have developed a camaraderie that makes them come across on the podcast better as a team because they are, they're working on it. Uh, the, the sort of odd man out is Gavin. Uh, he is in a, he's the youngest of us by far. Uh, he he's also my son. So, you know, that's kind of a a different situation for him where the rest of us are just friends. He's the, he's the young kid on the block, but he's grown up with, uh, gaming. He's grown up, obviously he's my kid. So he's been around it so much. So interested into it. And he is, he's that kid that's a natural because he, uh, he's, he's had it his whole life. He's never not been around gaming, you know, Sean and Brad, he calls them his (laughs) funcles, his fun uncles, because, you know, they've been in his life uh, for as long as he can remember, uh, not only just as, as gaming, uh, but you know, that we, we all hang out outside of gaming too. So, you know, he fit in so effortlessly and easily, uh, with just his natural talent and his natural ability to, to be a gamer. You know, it's an awkward situation when you're starting a podcast and you know, your, your teenage son is kind of wanting to be a part of it, but awkwardly doesn't want to ask, but kind of wants to ask. Uh, you know, so it's a weird situation to put yourself in. But at the same time, I knew from the beginning that he had the goods, he had the chops, um, even if he lacked a little bit of experience. So it really wasn't all that difficult in, in the long run to just say you're ready for this and throw him on. But he's he's been great. He really is. He's also a great break for some of the players that have been around for so long because now they have to kind of look at things a different way. And it forces them to add depth to their characters for kind of a meta reason, but it, it's been a it's been a good advantage for us uh, over the course of the podcast. But that's that's our cast, and they they're great, and I've been extremely fortunate to have stumbled together and put that group in one place. If they only they had a better DM.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they complain about you all the time. <laughs>
1: That goes on off-mic as well. That's not just an on-mic thing. <laughs> I, I've actually gotten angry texts from them before, uh, you know, afterwards. And and like I said, don't get me wrong, it's all good-hearted and and good-natures. But there's been a few times where, you know, it'll be hours later and I get that text goes. go, seriously, did that really happen?
0: So you said that uh, when you first started, you had um, your first attempt didn't quite go the way that you had expected it to, um, and so you revamped some and restarted
1: how did that work uh sort of when we did the test episodes we knew they were test episodes uh you know we knew we were going uh, we did record them so that we could uh kind of listen to it and critique ourselves but it was not we did a very generic you know show up with your characters and it was a a simple a you meet each other at a tavern and somebody in the town gets killed right outside the tavern and there is a mystery you know, we did it. it was just kind of simple, but the idea was to get used to being on the microphone as well as try to play off each other. And everybody brought a character to the table that was just a, a brooding edge lord that you know, had no time for everything. So at the point when they're in the tavern and they hear this blood curdling scream from outside, and everybody inside goes running outside to see what the problem is, none of them left. <laughs> <laughs> they like went to their four quarters to brood. And it was just this epic disaster. (laughs) You know, they kind of all had the same idea for a character and it just fell apart so dramatically, uh, you know, and we kind of forced our way through that episode. And by the end of it, we all knew this was a disaster. And at the end of it, we talked, we had a conversation. We said, let's try this again next week. And in the meantime, they all kind of made tweaks and changes to their characters. Interestingly, not as much as you might think. Uh, but it was enough that suddenly they were different, they were developed, they were a little more uh, involved in the storyline, and they were more interested in pushing the storyline forward as opposed to, you know, letting it come to them, which was something that I think we'd just kind of gotten out of practice of. As much as I do think organized play has its place, we'd been doing that for so long, I think we've gotten used to the story coming to us, and they kind of had to, uh, you know, shift gears and get, more back to the concept of where they have to go find the story
0: yeah in monster of the week the one of the primary things that you you do is you keep asking um so what now what do you do what happens next as a keeper um and so it's very much driven by the actions of the uh, characters except that there's also things going on in the background that if they don't don't go and and find out what's going on with the monster, then, well, bad things are going to happen out in the world. They may never hear of them, but it's it's happening. The world goes on with or without them.
1: You know, we've had a little bit of that, but um, I try to keep a balance of giving them things. Here's a, a storyline element. Here's a thing that happens that they both then get to react to and then decide what they're going to do about it next. So it's kind of a balance of throwing some story at them and then having them Decide what they're going to do and either trying to anticipate that or accommodate that.
0: That was um, what happened in your pre-episodes. I had one of those, a test episode mm-hmm. for Monster of the Week. We call it episode zero. No one will likely ever hear it. Uh, it was
1: awful. <laughs> I understand that.
0: <laughs> the The tech on it was awful. We were all trying to figure out how to record from our different locations. We don't record together. We uh, record from our separate home studios, my bedroom, um, Sharon's living room, a closet in the case of Nathan, I believe. <laughs> we have all these different sound areas that have problems. So we have a lot of tech uh, and, and audio finagling.
1: Yeah, we're pretty fortunate out here. Uh, we have a club space. That is rented that we can use Uh, that's where i'm at right now actually Uh, but allows us to be in the same location and it it really adds to that like say ability to, to stay focused it's much easier to do that when we're all here and staring at each other are you going to manage to be able to keep the microphone six feet apart well that that's the question right now we're fortunate in that we have some episodes in the can as they say that's going to get us probably close to being through this 30 days. So we've been discussing what our options are. There is actually at least one of the cast members who is uh, categorized as immunocompromised. Mm. So you know we do have that concern. So we're gonna kind of wait. Uh, we've got a few weeks to figure this out, but we're kind of looking at some some alternate ideas here of what we can do. But hopefully the episodes will get us through uh, close enough. If not, we'll 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 put together a plan of what to do. So it may require some changes to our normal routine, but we'll accommodate. We'll figure it out.
0: We have several episodes that have been recorded already as well. We do have a release a release schedule of every other week, so we're not trying to put out a weekly podcast, which I, I'm very glad that I started it off that way. It really helps, especially when we just can't quite get the scheduling together to even show up in our own spaces to uh, do a recording.
1: Uh, scheduling is the hardest thing, and I'll definitely say the one thing that I learned uh, is that that that's the biggest struggle because, you know, you'd have that concern. If you're at the gaming group and a week falls off, you're like, we'll just pick up next week and no harm, no foul. Uh, But when you are trying to keep up with a production schedule and, you know, these are people who are volunteering their time. They're just coming in and doing this for the fun of it. So they're under no obligation. So, you know, it it just adds that uh, layer of difficulty, especially with as busy as some of our schedules are. But we've always managed to get it done. We try to stay ahead. That gives us some buffer. Uh, we also record several episodes at once. Usually when we get together, we'll do three. But it, it sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending on the time frame. But we try to stay ahead. That gives us time to react.
0: So those are some of the difficulties that, that we've had and that you've had in, in your uh, production what are some of the things you might count as triumphs? some things that really stand out
1: one of the things that really comes to mind for me is you know from the very beginning when you're you're looking into podcasts you're doing the research you're looking around and you know you see the the big guys you see the the glass cannon, the critical role and you know i don't want to say that these guys are rolling in the dough but they're they actually have money coming in you know this is actually a job for them which is fantastic and those guys have totally earned it. They they do a wonderful job with the material that they put out, but you know they also kind of set the standard. That's the that's the hope. That's the dream. That's where you, that's where you get to. But, you know, the problem was like so many things. Very few people get to go to that level, even if you're good enough. You know, more has to happen than just being that good. You know, a lot of things have to fall into place just right. So when I went down this road and and had this idea, I realized I wanted my expectations to be manageable. And I wanted my goals to be something that were a little more reachable. So I never set out to make a financially successful podcast. I said, I want to make a podcast where everybody's having fun. We're proud of the material that we're, we're putting out. And most importantly, we wanted to get back to that storytelling rich style that some of us had kind of been missing for a while. And I can say that we've done all three of those, that the cast is completely bought in. They really love doing this. It's become a good thing for them in their lives. It's become enjoyable and something that they look forward to. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the best measure of success that I could have ever hoped for. What ha- everything that happens next for us is just icing on the cake.
0: I think um, we came into it much the same way we don't have any big expectations of becoming glass cannon or uh, the adventure zone or crit uh, the crit show uh, it'd be nice uh where you know i made sure that my uh i made sure that my cast knew up front that you know we weren't necessarily looking for that but that if it happened they should be prepared for it that if we you know wound up going to conventions occasionally they might have to actually schedule for that sort of thing (laughs) Uh, but uh, we don't really expect it i I think personally i had a uh, my big triumph moment for the podcast itself was uh, seeing that we have two listeners in croatia
1: oh nice uh, you know, that's the great thing about podcasting is that it is so universal and and international. Uh, as long as there's not a language barrier, it kind of translates just fine.
0: Yeah, I would love to also have. Speaking of language barriers, I'd love to have subtitles on my um, the YouTube option. I just uh, haven't quite figured out how to make that happen yet.
1: Well, there's always a next thing. That's that's uh, the both the fun part and the uh, frustrating part is that there's always one more thing you can do and one more thing you can add. Oh, yeah.
0: I think the most important thing, though, is that when we sit down to record, I think you can, as an audience, hear how much fun we're having with it. And even though the setting is horror, I call it a humor and horror podcast because we may not be doing the humorous, funny Situations like happened in the Scooby game, but we're definitely enjoying the game and making kind of fun of ourselves at the same time.
1: You know, that's something that we learned very on. Unfortunately, once again, I had a great cast for that, but, but you know, you can't take it too seriously. This is meant to be fun. It's meant to be light. You know, even if you have those wonderful story moments and things get gritty and dark, you know, and, and you know, what's happening outside of it is just that these are people having fun. So, you know, everybody gets that light banter, that dark humor, that, that sometimes inappropriate joke. Uh, those are what makes it fun. That's, that's the great part about it is uh, watching witty people work. Absolutely. You know, we're, we've been very fortunate. Springfield is kind of, a, I always say it's a, town, it, it's a town that wants to be a city or a city that wants to be a town, can't make up its mind. It's stuck somewhere in the middle. But what we do have here are a lot of good gamers and a lot of good food. Uh, both of which we try to partake of as much as possible. <laughs> you know, as we mentioned earlier, Patrick, you guys are kind of—you're uh, a little newer. You're not as far into it as as we are. You know, we've had some time to kind of show the directions we're going and what we you know, what we want to do. Uh, but what about you? I mean, like, what? Where Where do you want to go with this? And you, I know you don't want to give out spoilers, uh, but. You know, as you're looking forward, what types of things are you wanting to see, change, adjust, or work up to?
0: Mm. Well, this is one of those things that has developed as the story has gone on. Um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to do, I wanted to have the setting both in uh, the this thing I call the Gothic past and the contemporary now. And I wanted them both to be spooky and, and scary and um, fraught with danger. I, I The biggest trick for me was, okay, now that I've advertised that and now that we have this idea in place, our listeners now are, are really into, you know, our five listeners, not including the ones in Croatia and, and the UK and Russia, <laughs> uh, are really into the storyline of the gothic then the gothic past how do i make how do we make this switch over to the contemporary now and not lose our fan base (laughs) hey fans (laughs) hi how Uh, are you doing (laughs) uh
1: you know something that kind of i don't want to say spoke to me but maybe just stirred some old memories with uh with your podcast and, and listening to it Uh, you know back in the day i played a fair amount of world of darkness vampire the masquerade uh, you know werewolf Uh, those were some fun games for me for a a pretty long period of time when they were back in their heyday and this kind of reminds me of that listening to you guys reminds me of the 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 style the way our stories came out i participated in a campaign once there where we did the we were vampires in uh, the middle ages and then of course we were all went to sleep and went into to for a while and then woke up in the modern day mm. so we did like this two-part campaign and to a certain degree that kind of brings back those memories because uh, there's some similarities there's some, some some similar feels uh so it's been kind of fun to, to listen to that and see what directions you guys are going to take and what you're going to do with it uh while still having those warm fuzzy feelings remembering uh, you know, a game I used to play.
0: Yes, and we will be bouncing back and forth between the Contemporary Now and the Gothic Then. Those two, I will I will throw it out there right now for all of our listeners here. Those do connect in some way. Uh, it may not be the way that you think. It may not be the way that um, my players think. <laughs> uh, but uh, there, there is some good stuff coming. And... Well, I mean, I say that with all the expectation that I have as a person who plays Monster of the
1: Week and knows that it can change at any moment. So here's a question I have for you as uh, both a DM and podcaster, since we're we're kind of in the same boat. We've reached a point to where, in my writing, I have to consider the cast more than ever, and it, it just seems to almost be accelerating especially as I give them more and more freedom to choose the story and the direction. So it's kind of a, almost a game of chess of me writing some as well as anticipating what they're going to do and trying to have things prepared, uh, the contingencies, the ideas, the plans, Uh, you know, there's a, a certain almost chess match that takes place between me and the players between recordings as we kind of figure out what that path is. And sometimes because I know them very well and they, they play off each other. Have you experienced any of that yet? Or is that something that maybe, uh, you know, we didn't, because I don't remember it at the beginning. It's kind of come along. I didn't know if this is uh, something you've seen.
0: Well, my players and uh, I, we haven't hadn't really played before altogether. I had played with each of them separately, except for Nathan, who I met at his wedding that I officiated. So I knew them individually in, in that way, a little bit. So yeah, there is some of me trying to guess what they're going to do in any given circumstances, and then generally being wrong. Um, Also the (laughs) dice uh, do have some say in all of this. And I swear, we have had uh, one flashback episode so far, one with uh, Grace Moreau and uh, her beginning her monster hunting career in the Paris Opera House. We've had we've recorded a couple more flashback episodes that will be coming out in the next few weeks and I swear these guys are trying to get themselves killed in their flashbacks and if they do i'm not quite sure how to justify that with the uh with the fact that they're still alive in the present but yeah it is a lot of anticipation
1: you know it can be difficult i try to compensate by making sure i know what's happening in the world i know what npcs are going to do or have a feel for how they would respond so that kind of helps me be prepared for for any situation uh you know some of the things and i just had to To try to be prepared for, and I do have the advantage where I know them well enough. But uh, you know, I can see where that would be difficult, or maybe even different, if they weren't people you're you know that that I'm so familiar with.
0: This uh, I'll I'll use an example here that comes from um, the previous Monster of the Week game that I was doing, not from the podcast. Um, We had a person playing the Mad Scientist Playbook, and in that. Uh, if you use luck, which you can do in this game in order to re-roll uh, a really bad set of dice or uh, to suck up some uh, harm if you got you know hit really bad. If you are a mad scientist and you use luck, then something from your past comes back to haunt you. And the player gets to choose that. And so the player used some luck, and then they went down and they chose, uh, oh, the current monster is actually your fault in some way. Well, (laughs) I already had this current monster all figured out. I knew everything about this current monster. And yet, here's this thing that is now true. I don't know. We wrangled it over a little bit and then finally realized uh, I I had this epiphany and was able to um, say, okay... Well, back in the day, you had this, um, when you were evil, you started this technology company, and that technology company used all of this supernatural technology <laughs> uh, to build their stuff. And that then related to the, the current, um, to the current adventure. But what ended up happening from that was that company, then ends up being sort of the big bad guy in the overarching storyline. They didn't even exist before that player used that, um, used that luck up and chose this monster is your fault. And so that's, that's really cool and really disturbing for somebody who is as used to plotting out things, uh, storylines and worlds as I am coming from a d and background.
1: It can be very different. Like I said, I had a lot of experience with the more storyteller style uh, in my younger days, so it wasn't as difficult to get back to it. Uh, You know, you mentioned earlier dice rolls, and I I do have a very strict policy of always rolling in the open and always letting the dice speak. You know, if if I roll a one, if I roll a 20, that's what happens. I I don't want to, to change things just because it didn't fit with what my plan was. I want to let those unexpected things take place. You know, sometimes that's led to some awkward situations at the table or awkward times, and almost all of them turn out to be great to listen to and were a lot of fun. Uh, I just find that it's just much better if you let those things happen. You know, we were joking before uh, about how the cast likes to complain about my dice rolls, but yet at the same time, they're seeing them. They know I'm not cheating. They're right there. And that actually adds more to the complaint because they know it's legit. Uh, You know, so it kind of gives them... I guess, some credence to it and makes it a lot more fun.
0: Oh, but here's a question kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about. Have the characters ever killed off uh, a character or somebody or something, done something that they've destroyed or or something they could have learned from that you were expecting them to engage with in a different way and then you have to come up with something completely different there
1: or... Uh, You know, a little bit. We actually recently had one where they went straight for the kill when they could have gotten some information from somebody. It didn't completely break the story because there were other ways for that information to get out. What's funny is we've kind of had the opposite happen more often than not, where there have been some plot threads and some ideas that I kind of thought they were going to go explore, and they just didn't. Uh, Now, there's nothing wrong with that because they kind of had their own ideas and, and different directions that they wanted to go, uh, you know, we had our own little experience with, as they referred to, the timey-wimey, uh, where they, they appeared to have gone back in time for a short uh, short while. And I actually had a lot more written depending on what they might do while they were there. Uh, the problem is they, they didn't. They took a very direct approach. Uh, they were actually very efficient and got the job done in a hurry. Uh, but that means that there were things that they missed, story elements there. And some of that I had to adjust for, things that I thought they would figure out or thought they would learn. And then they didn't. So when I had to look where I was going to go next, I, I had to kind of adjust and recalculate.
0: All right, looks like we're coming to the end of our time. Um, but I enjoyed this. and hey, maybe we should uh, get together again in the future after the Gothic podcast has a few more episodes under its belt. Um, Maybe after you guys have another 300 episodes published in two weeks or whatever it is you do.
1: That's not quite that fast, but we we do enjoy what we're doing.
0: Thank you, Rich. Do you want to give us the info on your podcast where we can find you and all of that?
1: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And if you're interested, give us a listen. We're The Adventurer's Vault. Uh, You can find us at theadventurersvault.com. We're on all of the major uh, platforms. If there's anything that we're not on, let us know and we will get on that. You can find us on all the social medias, uh, all the intertubes or the interwebs or whatever the kids are calling it these days. Uh, We can be found pretty easily out there.
0: Yeah. And we are The Gothic Podcast. We are at gothicpodcast.com we are also on most every platform and caster of pods that is out there if we are not let us know at the at gmail.com or on one of our many social media um, sites Uh, we are on all of them i could think to get on yeah well
1: thank you rich all right thank you patrick it's been a lot of fun
0: and remember, sojourners, one minute past midnight, the Gothic podcast comes to you again. I'll probably cut that out because it's not one minute past midnight anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>